We are in a series starting it today called Frequency, Hearing the Voice of God. And I know this, I know that God desires to speak to us. He is a speaking God. We serve a God who speaks. He's not a God who is far away. He's not a God who uh, used to speak in the Bible times and now he's just left us. No, he's a God that is alive and continues to speak to us. And so um, we're going to talk about this for the next few weeks as I was praying over uh, kind of what to talk about. Uh, really, the Lord kind of put this series on my heart. And so we're just going to break down really questions that people ask. And really, the number one question people ask is statistically is something about God's voice. Does he speak to me? Uh, does he speak period? Uh, how does he speak? Where does he speak? There's all different questions that people ask about God's voice. How do I know it's God's voice and not something else, someone else's voice, my own voice? Uh, and so we're going to kind of talk about those throughout this month, really helping us kind of uh, tune in, if you will, to, to hearing his voice. And I believe this. I believe that God wants to speak to you. Uh, I know he wants to speak to me. And I know this. Uh, maybe you've never heard God's voice before. I want to encourage you. I believe that this, uh, through this series, as we kind of go through this series, I believe God's going to speak to you. Maybe God speaks to you frequently. I'm, I'm excited that God's just going to continue to speak even more to you as we go through this series. Come on, somebody. So we're going we're gonna to talk today from John chapter 10, really the text of the series. Uh, in verse 3, it says, The gatekeeper, this is Jesus, opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he was brought out of his own, he goes, when he brought, when he is brought all out his own, all his own, excuse me, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. It says, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. We as believers, as Christians, for those of you that call yourself a Christian, we as Christians, we are called to follow Christ. What shows us right here, if we're calling ourselves Christ followers, we have to, in order to be followers, we have to first be listeners. We have to be able to hear God in order to follow God. Otherwise, we'll just follow whatever hits and whatever comes and whatever goes. But God is a speaking God, and he desires for us to hear him so that we can follow him according to his purpose and his plan for our lives. Luke chapter 8 and verse 8, it says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. This is Jesus speaking. It says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, this is what this shows me. People say, well, God doesn't speak anymore. God just speaks through the Bible or God, that's God's word and he's not a speaking God anymore and God does speak through his word in the Bible. But here's what it shows us right here. The Bible is saying, Jesus is saying this. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It's showing us this. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We have a hearing problem. We as a culture, as a society, can be so caught up in hearing so many different voices that we miss that God is wanting us to hear him. He says, for those that have ears, not like if you have actual natural ears. He's talking about ears of faith, ears in, of your heart, of where I can hear, spiritual ears. I can hear his voice. Those that have faith, let them hear. God doesn't have a speaking problem. We as a culture have a hearing problem, and God desires for us to say, let us be a people, and that's what really what this whole series is about. Let us be people that position ourselves or posture ourselves to hear his voice for ourselves. And I know this. God wants to speak to every single one of us here in this room and online. He wants to speak to us individually about where we are, about who we are, and about how he loves us for us. 
I, I believe it. I think it's so important. And so I want to talk to you today from a, just for a few moments on the topic of preparing our hearts, preparing to hear, preparing our hearts to hear God. See, God can speak all day long. And here's the fact, the problem. If we're not positioned and prepared to hear his voice, here's what's going to happen. He's going to speak. It's going to go in one ear or out the other, or we won't hear it at all, or we'll be distracted or whatever it may be. And so we have to first, in order to hear his voice, we have to prepare ourselves and our hearts to hear his voice. And so I want to show you today in John chapter, uh, I'm sorry, not John, Luke chapter 8, uh, starting in verse 5, really, uh, Jesus is telling a parable uh, to people, and he says this, A farmer went out to sow his seed. He, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Next scripture, please. Next scripture, please. Thank you. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with, with it and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. This is the text of what Jesus was talking about. When he says, he who has ears, let him hear. He's talking about these, this parable of these four different soils. The soil represents the heart of you and I. It represents our hearts. And he gives us four different heart postures here that I believe will show us even four different voices that can, we can hear that can challenge us to really live out according to God's purpose and his plan. The first heart, Luke chapter 8 and verse 11, it says, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Here's what happens. The disciples hear this story that he shares and they go off with him and they say, what in the world does that mean? Like, we don't know what you're talking about. You're talking about soil. You're talking about birds. You're talking about all these different things coming around. Like, what are you talking about? And so he says, what is this? And he says, this is what I want you to know. This is Jesus speaking. He says, the seed is the word of God. The word of God, the literally voice of God, the word of God. It's not just the Bible. Now, the Bible is the word of God. But the Bible says that the word became flesh. This is Jesus. The Jesus is the voice of God. So he's saying, okay, the word of God, Jesus, the voice of God in our lives is the seed. That's what the, represents the seed in this story. Okay, it says those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so they may not believe and be saved. The first heart posture, if you will, is the polluted heart. The polluted heart. It says right here in the scripture, if you want to go back to it, it says very quickly, it says, look, it says they, 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 they hear it, and then the devil comes and takes it away, takes away the word from their heart so they may not believe and be saved. A polluted heart. Here's what I know. There's four different voices that we can hear as a culture, as society, as people, as humans. The first voice is the enemy's voice. The voice of the devil. <gasps> You're talking about the devil. Is this going to be all weird and freaky? No. The Bible says that, that, that there's an enemy to our souls. The Bible says in, that in John 10, 10, that enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy us. Tries to come to steal, kill, and destroy us. We all know who that enemy is. The enemy is Satan, the devil, Lucifer. Many of you know the story of the scripture. Lucifer was in heaven. He was a worship leader. The Bible says that he had such influence in heaven that he thought that he could be God. The Bible says that he was kicked out of heaven because of his pride. And a third of all of heaven left with him. And so now the enemy tries to deceive and tries to come and speak to you and I to try to deceive us. Why? Because he can't harm God. He knows that. So what does he try to do? He tries to come and steal, kill, and destroy those he knows God loves. 
That's you and I. God loves you so much that the enemy wants to just attack you and me. He loves us so much that the enemy wants to attack us because he doesn't want to have God's heart pleased by us. And so here's what he does. Here's how the enemy speaks. He tries to deceive us. The Bible says, if you want to go back to that scripture very quickly for me, if you want to go back to it, Thank you, Luke. Yeah, it says, oh, there it is. Okay, those along the path are the ones who hear and the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. They hear it, but then he takes it away. It says, so that they may not believe. See, the enemy tries to deceive you and I to get us to not believe the things of God in our lives. The enemy tries to get us to, to be deceived, to not hear the voice of God. We hear it, but because of the enemy deceives us, we say, oh, that's not really for me, or oh, that's not really the, how God speaks to me, or oh, that's not really my, my way of believing things, or oh, you know, that's, that's, that's really for old days. You know, that's, that's not who I am. We hear the word, but we quickly, we are deceived, and so the word flees from our hearts and our lives. This is what the enemy tries to do. He tries to come and steal, kill, and destroy us. How does he do that? He does that by trying to deceive you and I. Because here's what the enemy knows. If you believe it, you'll live it. So he tries to deceive what you believe and what I believe because if we can shift what we believe from believing the truth, then what will happen is we'll end up living that way out. And here's what happens. When we do that, we end up destroying ourselves. We destroy ourselves with shame, with guilt, with condemnation because of the consequences of, being, of sin from being deceived by him. Here's what I know. The enemy, if he cannot deceive you, what is he gonna try to do is he's gonna try to destroy you with shame, guilt, and condemnation. All of us in this room, we've made mistakes. All of us in this room, we've had, we've, we've, we've had sin in our lives, and here's what happens. We feel guilt, we feel condemnation, we feel shame. And y'all all know, I know, I know it. When you're walking through that, that situation, that shame and that guilt will eat you away. It'll cause you to think less of yourself. It'll cause you to think less of God. It'll cause you to live out a certain way that you never would live, all based on the shame and the guilt in our souls. Why? Because the enemy has deceived us, and this is what the enemy's plan is for our lives. Well, here's what God wants. God wants us to not have polluted hearts, a heart where we say we're so caught up in sin or so caught up in unrepented sin, let me say it that way, to where we caught up in that, we've been deceived, and so now we're living a way we never would think we should live, but now now we've gotten to the place because we're deceived, we justify why we're living that way. This is what human nature does. Human nature, because we hate shame and guilt and condemnation, we hate the feeling of shame so much so that what we will do is we will find ways to justify living against the truth because we want to feel better about the shame and the guilt. So we can justify, so we can say, okay, I'm, that means the shame's not real. I don't have to feel this way because this is okay. And this is why people are distorting the truth all throughout our culture. Truth is being so distorted. Why? Because people can't live with shame and guilt. So that's why the Bible says Christ came to live where there is no shame, there is no guilt, there is no condemnation in Christ. But with the enemy, that's the consequences of hearing his voice. Does that make sense? And so in your life, I want to encourage you, maybe it's just talking about polluted. Maybe your, your life has been polluted with being deceived by the enemy. Maybe it's polluted by shame and guilt. And I'm telling you, if you are living in shame and guilt, it is so difficult to hear God's voice. No matter what you hear, no matter what it, someone says, you, you can't, it can't get in your heart. Why? Because you're just so overwhelmed and being destroyed by the shame and the guilt. And so this is why Christ came. So to remove that shame, to remove that guilt, to put you in right relationship with God so that we can hear God's voice for ourselves. The enemy tries to come and pollute our hearts with sin, pollute our hearts with shame and guilt. Why? Because he doesn't want us to hear 
God's voice for ourselves. Luke chapter eight and verse 13, it says the rocky soil represents those who hear the message with joy, but like young plants in such soil, their, the soil, their roots don't go down very deep. They believe for a while, but they wilt when the hot winds of testing blows. The first heart posture is the polluted heart. It's the voice of the enemy. There's four voices and four heart postures. The first is the, the polluted heart, which is the hearing the voice of the enemy. But then the second posture right here is the, the distracted heart, the distracted heart. And this is listening to the voices of others, outside voices, relationships, family members, friends. He, listening to their voices can quickly become a distraction. Listening to the voice of culture can quickly distract us from hearing God's voice for ourselves. And Luke chapter 8 and verse 13, very quickly, i just show it to you again. It says, their roots don't go down very deep. The seed, the word of God, the voice of God is speaking, but it doesn't go deep into our hearts. Why? Because there's so many distractions going on around us. We don't know what voice is what. We don't know what to hear, what to do, what to say. And so we're so caught up in hearing other people's voices that we can't hear God's voice for ourselves. Distracted voice. It's so easy in our culture to be distracted. We live in a culture that is consumed with distraction. You ever, watching a video, you ever been watching a video on YouTube and here comes a pop-up, you know what I'm saying? Here comes a distraction, a commercial. Like, I don't want to watch the commercial. I want to watch the video. I'm distracted by the commercial. Then I'm thinking about the commercial. Then I'm thinking about the next. Here's what, and I'm just distracted. You, you got your phone. We all have phones. We have like 15 think notifications on our phone. We got our emails and our text messages and our Facebooks and our Instagrams and our, all these, blah, 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 all these things. So, we so easily can be distracted from what we're trying to focus on. And here's what I know. God desires for us to be a people that say, okay, I don't want to be distracted from hearing God's voice. I want to create space for God's voice. See, one of the greatest distractions from hearing God's voice is busyness. One of the greatest distractions from hearing God's voice for ourselves is busyness. If we're not careful, hear me, if we're not careful, we as a culture can be consumed with being busy because it makes us feel successful that we can go throughout our whole day, our whole week, our whole month, our whole year and never seek God and never hear God's voice. But we feel like we're being successful Christians because we're being busy doing what God's asking us to do. But God is asking us to first create space for him. You wanna hear God's voice, hear me, you wanna hear God's voice, create space in your life for him. Create space in your day for him. Please, please don't let Sunday be the only space you create for God's voice in your life. Don't let your small group be the only day. Create space in your day, whatever that day looks like in the mornings and afternoons and the evenings, whatever works best for you. Create space where you can say, God, I want to hear your voice for myself and I'm going to remove all the distractions that can keep me from hearing your voice in my life. I'm going to be completely vulnerable with you and be honest with you. I cannot read my Bible on my phone. I can't do it. I can't, maybe it's my personality. It probably isn't, but it's probably my personality. Maybe it's not. It probably is. I get so distracted on my phone. Let me explain. I know you all like new young millennials. You know, you think the tech thing. I'm on the phone. I'm like, yeah, let me read the word. Yeah, Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And here's what happens. I'm reading. Yeah, well, good word, good word. Next thing you know, ding. I'm like, oh, who is that? Oh, look what they said. Da, 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 da. You just go back. Okay. Okay. Let me read the word. Yeah. Email. Ding. Oh, email. Oh, I need to respond. Okay. Let me hit that email. 
what happens? So my phone's ringing. Okay, hold on. Okay. And here's what happens. We can be so distracted that we never are able to hear God's voice because we got so many things going on. And here's then what we do. We end up just going through the routine of doing it to make ourselves feel better about doing it. That's not the heart of God. God wants to be uh, given us an opportunity where we create space for him, where he can truly speak to us to refresh us and renew our souls and, our, and strengthen our souls and our lives. I have to, I'm, you know, I'm old school, but I have, to do the, I have to do the old school, good old, just paperback Bible. Come on, somebody. And yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. Okay. And here's what it is. Here's what I do. This is, this is a true story. Like, here's what I do. When I'm reading the word, I, I take my phone and I put it where I can't see it. I turn it on silent. I don't let it vibrate. I don't let it ring. I don't let it ding. And here's what I do. Okay, God, this is my space for you. And so now what happens on the phone, I'll deal with when at once I'm done. But God, I want to hear your voice for me. Because God, hearing your voice from someone else isn't enough for me. I need you to speak to me about me. The only way God will speak to us, I say the only way, the only way we'll hear God speak to us about us is if we create space in our day and remove the distractions in our lives. Remove the distractions. Find ways to create space in your life for God. I'm telling you, you will hear his voice like never before. It's interesting in this scripture where he says, the roots don't go down very deep. You know, I think this also represents, we're talking about distracted heart and we're talking about hearing the voice of others. Oftentimes what we can do is we can follow Christ because someone else is. We can be followers of God because someone else, one of our friends follows God. We can, we can be followers of God and, and, and live for God because our spouse is. You know, I, I gotta go to church. I don't wanna make her mad. You know what I'm saying? I got a happy wife, happy life. I'm just gonna come to church. You know, I'm just gonna be all right. Like, I'll just sit here and I'll just deal with it. And, and we're, so within our, our relationship with God, it's based on someone else. So then our roots will never go very deep. Why? Because we're allowing someone else's influence on us create the relationship. And so then we're never able to truly hear God's voice. Why? Because we're always, always hearing that person's voice. For students in the room, your parents, your parents cannot be the source of your relationship with God. There's a statistic that says about 80% of students that graduate high school when they, that are going to youth group and going to church, when they go to college, they go off to college, that they leave the church. About 80%. That's a lot. I remember in, in youth ministry, people were like, well, what are we going to do? Like, like, how do we change this? Like, what's going to happen? Like, ever, nobody really likes God. Like, we should make church more fun. And we got to make church more hip. And we got to make church more, got to have more lights. And got to have blinking around. Like, no, I don't want any more lights. I'm going to pass out. <laughs> lights are not what attract people to Jesus. The voice of God is what attracts people to Jesus. Here's the situation of why that statistic is true. It's because students are letting their parents' voice dictate whether they go to church or not, whether they have a relationship with God or not. And so what happens is when their parents aren't around saying, get up and go to church, here's what happens. They just sleep in, they don't go to church. Next thing you know, they get around voices that aren't going to church and not serving God, and so they start following that. Why? Because you've been influenced and distracted by voices outside of God's voice. This is why hearing God's voice is so important for every one of us. You can't be in a relationship with God because of the influence of someone else around you. You have to be in relationship with God because of the influence of who God is in your life. This is when we will hear God's voice loud and clear. Remove the distractions, create space. But then also don't let a relationship distract you and cause you to say, this is why I'm doing it because of so-and-so wants me to. No, I want to do this. I want to hear God's voice because I want God to speak to me for me. Distracted heart. 
Luke chapter 8 and verse 14 says, A seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. The polluted heart is the voice of the enemy. The distracted heart is the voice of others. And then here, right here, and we're just going to go deep, okay? Everybody just say you love me. You know what I'm saying? But here's what he says. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. This is the immature heart. The immature heart is really, this is the voice of ourselves, there's four voices we hear. We hear, can hear the voice of the enemy. We can hear the voice of, the, of the, the noise of those around us. And then we can hear our own voices. And our own voices, oh my gosh, it's so interesting, doesn't he? He says, life's worries. Nobody talks to you about what you got going on more than you. I call it self-talk. We can get ourselves so worked up by all the worries that we have going on in the future, what's that, that we can be so consumed. Here's what happens. We don't have any space in our brain to even think about God. Because we're so consumed about all the worries and the pleasures and the riches and the thinking about the future and success. And this is, this is the voice of self. And here's what happens. The voice of self leads us to immaturity. And I know when we talk about, when we say the word immaturity, people are like, oh, you called me immature? Oh my, OMG, you know, whatever. I don't think people even say that anymore, but praise God. Here, here, here's, here's what I know. When we talk about an immature heart, it's not to, it's not to be aggressive or to, to, be, to be condemning or anything like that. It's about self-evaluating, and here's what it is. Self-evaluation says, okay, God, am I so consumed with self that I'm not able to hear your voice? Am I so consumed with the relationship that I am because of the way it makes me feel, and that relationship is so consuming that I'm not able to create space to hear your voice? God, am I so consumed about this promotion, this job, that I'm, this future, that I'm so concerned about this that, I'm, God, I'm not even able to create space and hear what you're saying about this job or this promotion? Am I so caught up, God, and being so concerned about what everybody else thinks of me and what everybody else does and what everybody else says about me that I'm so concerned about what they say that, God, I, I, it's causing me to be insecure and so God I have no space to cause create space for you to cause you to speak to me about me the immature heart the immature heart it says this I'm thinking of self it causes me to here's what I know it causes me to never truly grow the way God wants me to grow it's interesting when you talk to believers every believer on the planet they say oh yeah I want to grow in God yeah, I want to grow in my relationship. More than likely, if we sat together and we talked one-on-one, and I said, hey, do you really want to grow in your relationship with God? More than likely, every person in the room and online, you would say, yes, I want to grow in my relationship with God. Yes, I'd like to grow relationally. Yes, I want to, I want to grow with God. Yes. Well, here's the, here's the situation. Oftentimes, we want to grow with God, but we don't want to mature in God. And so maturing is a different process than growing. Maturing is this, because you can't grow without maturing. Maturing is this. I have to lay down my own selfish desires and the things that I'm thinking about and think what I want. And I have to say, God, I want, I want to hear your voice about my life. I don't want to create my own plan. God, I want to hear your plan. See, immaturity says I want to go with what I feel. I want to go with what I do. I want to go with what I think and what I say. That's immaturity. Maturity says, God, I want to hear your voice and what you're saying, even though this may make me uncomfortable, even though this may not be the thing that I really want. God, I want to hear your voice. Why? Because I know if it's your voice, God, you're going to lead me and guide me to where you want me to go. The immature voice, the immature, immature heart, it's the voice of self. Paul says in the scripture that he goes to the church and he says, you know, I should be feeding you meat, but I'm still having to serve you milk. 
And it's this concept of this, the church should be maturing to where you can get to the place where you're able to eat meat physically. But because they're still so spiritually young and immature, he had to still serve them milk. It was the, kind of the illustration what he's saying. And you know, as I was reading this, and I was thinking about this, as I'm talking about the immature heart, you know, as, as, as people, we get to the place of maturity where we don't treat each other like children. You ever been in a grocery store and you're hanging out and like you see a kid, a baby, a toddler, and they're in, they're, they're in front of you or they're behind you and their parents are kind of busy doing stuff and you, the, the kid catches eyes with you. You know, you don't even know the child. You've never met the kid. You've never met the parents. You don't know who they are. But if that kid locks eyes with you, here's what happens. You might start making noises like... You might start j- j- jumping around. You know, I have this thing where I do is, is every time I see a child and, and, and I don't know the child, the child if the child locks on, eyes with me, he, I want to stick my tongue out. I stick my tongue out at him or her. Every time. I'm like, mm, okay, that's what I do. The purpose of what I try to do, I try to, I try to get the child to stick his or her tongue out back at me. Like, I, I, want, I want the tongue to come back. So I'll go. I'm sure people around me are like, what is this dude doing? He is weird. I'm just... And I'll go fast, I'll I'll do whatever I got to do to get the kid. Almost every time, no joke, almost every time, over time, the kid sticks his or her tongue out at me. Almost every time. Well, here's what happens. When the kid does that, as soon as the child sticks his or her tongue out, the parent quickly looks at who are you sticking your tongue out at. And I quickly, I go, you know, I'm not paying attention. What's going on? I got to quick, I got to look away. I'm not that weird guy. You know what I'm saying? Well, here, how, how foolish would we be if we went to the grocery store and we were in the checkout line and the lady says, hey, how are you doing today? And you go. (laughs) How foolish would we be? Why? Because we know that adult has matured into becoming an adult. Spiritually, how foolish would we be that we live a life so caught up in self that we never mature into spiritual strong believers? And this is what Paul was saying. He's saying, listen, here's what I want. I want you to know I should be feeding you milk. You should be maturing. You should be growing. You should be stretching yourself. But you're so caught up in life's pleasures. You're so caught up in life's worries that you're not able to hear God for yourself. You're so caught up in hearing what someone else says about God. And so it's causing you to think for yourself and you're not growing. Oh my goodness, does God want to be a God that speaks to you personally? A child has to be fed by their parents. The older the child gets, the less the parent has to feed the child. For those that are in college, you may be far away from your parents. You're not calling your parents and be like, all right, mom, I need get the spoon ready. You got to feed me. Airplane, airplane. That would be crazy. That would be really crazy. We're not doing that. Why? Because here's what we're doing. We know we've matured and so we can feed ourselves. One of the greatest signs of maturity, hear me, one of the greatest signs of maturity is you're able to hear God for yourself about you. You don't need someone else, some other person, your spouse, pastor, leader, friend. They don't have to be the source of the voice of God in your life. The source of the voice of God for a mature heart, a mature believer, the source of the voice of God is God. And oh my goodness, can I encourage you for a second. There's no, one of the greatest feelings on the planet 
One of the most things that will hype you up more than anything else is when you're able to hear God for you, about you, for you, with you, you. By you, self. You self, yourself. Here's what I know. We have created in society a culture. In, ch- in the church world. We've created a culture that needs to be fed. We've created a culture of believers that are dependent on pastors, that are dependent on spouses, that are dependent on parents, to the point of where the source of that relationship is how we expect to be fed. And if we don't get fed by that source, then we don't get fed. And here's what happens. That's a very immature heart. Why? Because here's what happens. Because if that source is removed from my life, if my wife's not with me during the day or my pastor's not with me on, on, on Wednesday, what happens is we get caught up in a situation and here's what happens. It causes us to get to the place where now I'm clueless. I don't know what to do. I don't know. Ah. And God is wanting to speak to us about us. We've created a culture in America where it's like it's with this thought process of I come to be fed. And if I'm not fed, I need to go somewhere else that will feed me. And the concept of that is good. That's good. But the pl- some other place you should be going is to your secret place with God. It should be in your bedroom, in your closet, in your shower, in your home, in your, in your truck, in your car. That is where the other place should be. Here's what I know. The source of the voice of God can only be God to sustain you. If you really want to mature as a believer, all of us in the room, oh my goodness, this is my prayer for our church, that we would be believers and Christians that say, God is the source. His voice is what I hear. His voice is what leads me. His voice is what guides me. Not some other voice, not my own voice, not the enemy's voice, his voice. Why? Because I know if he is speaking to my heart, it's going to lead me, it's going to encourage me, it's going to strengthen me, it's going to guide me. And then I'm able to walk out according to his purpose and his plan. Not based on what someone else said, but on what he said. Because here's what I know. If someone else said it, you can convince yourself it's not true. But if he said it, ain't no question. This is the truth. Why? Because God said it. Let us be a church. Oh my goodness, I'm excited, I know. Let us be a church that pursues the voice of God. That we don't allow ourselves to be polluted by sin or shame or guilt or polluted by other voices and culture and society and, and, and relationships. Let us not be consumed with self and where we're allowing ourselves to get to the place where we're thinking and distracted and causing ourselves to get so immature that we have to be fed by other people. But let us be a people that say, God, we desire for you to speak because we want you to be the source of our relationship. We want to be, if you will, self-feeders spiritually. Self-feeders spiritually. Spiritual self-feeders. I just came up with that myself. And this is how we begin to mature. The last heart, very quickly as we close in Luke chapter 8 and verse 15. It says, but the seed on good soil stands for those who with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by preserving produce, persevering, excuse me, produce a crop. 
There's four voices and there's four heart postures, the, the enemy's voice and a polluted heart and others' voice and a distracted heart and my voice and an immature heart and then lastly, God's voice and a prepared heart. I don't know where you are with your relationship with God. You may be far from God. You may be super close to God. Either way, I do know this. We serve a God who wants to speak to you. We serve a God who is constantly desiring to be in relationship, to speak to you. So much so that he sent his son, Jesus, to die on a cross and rise again so that he could break the veil, the boundary, the the wall that was keeping us from relationship with him. Why? Because he desires to speak. But we have to first be a people that don't just say, I want to hear God. That's great. We should start, we should have a heart that wants to hear God. But we have to have a heart that says, I want to prepare to hear God. How do we do that very quickly? Three quick things, three words. One, you have to repent. A repented heart. One that says, okay, let me, let me explain this. Repentance is not asking for forgiveness. Asking for forgiveness is asking for forgiveness. Repentance is once I confess that I, I need forgiveness and I ask for forgiveness, then I repent. The word repent means U-turn. So I'm living this way about a situation, this struggle, this, 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 this thought process, and I'm, I'm going to U-turn. And as I U-turn, what's going to happen is I'm going to begin to live differently. And I'm separating myself from the pollution of what the enemy tries to bring and deception that he brings. And it's going to allow me to quickly and easily hear the voice of God. You have to repent. You're like, oh, I'm so far from God. You don't understand. I'm never, I'd never get close to God. No, it's not true. Oh, well, I got to, like, get better. Like, I got to make sure, like, I got to change. And, like, I, then I can repent. No, it's not true. All you have to do is to decide today. I'm going to change. I'm going to U-turn that. Oh, well, you don't understand. Like, I've been dealing with this for years, and I've been struggling. Like, it's all good. Here's what I'm going to do. You know what? God, I know it's not, it's not right. Forgive me. Now I'm going to change. I'm just going to shift, and I'm just going to start to live different. I'm going to take one day at a time, one step at a time. And you mess up. All good. Doesn't, we don't have to live a perfect life. We just have to live a repentive life. A repentive life is one that says, okay, I understand I messed up, but I must still continue to do my best and walk with God and hear God's voice so that I can continue to live according to his purpose and his plan in my life. Repent. Second thing, very quickly, is you just refocus. Refocus. Another word, if you want to use, is reset. Just hitting the reset button. For those that play video games, you know there's this reset. You just hit the button, and the whole game resets. Well, here's what's cool about when you hit the reset button. You hit the reset button, the whole game resets. Everything in the, the game that you were doing is gone. It starts over. It's the same thing with us. Some, some of us in the room, you just got to refocus. I just need to reset. You know what? I've been trying to read my Bible. I started out real good in the beginning of the year with the 21-day fast. I was reading. I was praying. I felt so strong. But then I got lazy, and then I got around friends. And then I got, you know, I just, uh, I got so busy. And so I, now I haven't been reading. I haven't been praying. And so now I don't hear God's voice. And, oh, my gosh. Like I got I to go back to the beginning. No. All you have to do, just reset. Start today. Start tomorrow. Oh, I was reading the one-year Bible, and like, man, I was doing good January, February came, March, mm, not so good, April, uh uh-oh. And so, and now I don't know what's happening. I got to go all the way back to February. No, no, just start on April 18th. I'm just going to read today. And here's what God does. God doesn't have to speak to you on uh, on April 18th about February 12th. Let God speak to you about April 18th on April 18th. So just reset. I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to open my word. Oh, well, I've never read, I've never read the Bible my whole life. It's all good. Start today. Oh, well, I don't even really know how to pray. Like, like I, don't, I don't know what to say. It's all good. Say something. 
doesn't matter. It's you and God. Nobody else is judging you. God's not going to judge you. He's looking at your heart. He's not looking at the words. And here's what happens is we begin to speak to him and he begins to speak to us. We begin to be renewed and refreshed and we begin to reset. All it does, just start. It's all good. Oh, well, you don't understand. Like, man, like I was like, you, you, my, my, my past, like I was like, I was like leading a Bible study and I was, I was like doing all this stuff and then I messed up and now it's been like, it's been like years. It's all good. Just reset. Refocus. I'm going to remove the distractions. I'm going to remove, remove, remove the pollution. I'm going to get rid of the immaturity. I'm just going to refocus because I want to hear God's voice for myself. Lastly, very quickly as we close, revive. Three words, repent, refocus, and revive. Ask God this. God, restore or renew a passion for your voice in my life. I will guarantee this. What you're passionate about, you will pursue. What we are passionate about, we will pursue. Oftentimes, we don't hear God's voice, not because God's not speaking. It's because we're not passionate about pursuing him. Can I encourage you today? Ask God in your heart. And it, you may have never been passionate. You may have used to have been passionate. None of that matters. Ask God in your heart. April 18th, God, renew and revive a passion in me for your word and for your voice. And watch God. When we do these three things, watch God begin to speak to you like never before. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. God wants to speak to you about you. But first, we have to prepare our hearts. And as we prepare our hearts, God begins to speak. And then we're, be, we're, we're able to grow and we're able to mature and we're able to do the things he's called us to do. All because we were willing to say, God, I'm passionate about hearing your voice. I believe it with all my heart. Oh my goodness, I hope you come to every service in this series. This series is gonna be so good. I believe without a shadow of a doubt, God, this month, God's gonna speak to every person. Every person watching online, every person in this room, God's gonna speak. I believe it, why? Because he's a speaking God. It's not a speaking problem, it's a hearing problem. And we're gonna realign and readjust so that we can truly hear his voice, so that we can live according to his purpose and his plan. Amen? Can we pray today? Father, I thank you so much.